1: Welcome to another episode of Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And we got started a little later than usual on this Thursday because I had to do adult things. Yeah, you did. That didn't sound right, actually, now that I said it. I mean, but it's true. Yes. Taxes are adult things. Yes, but saying that I was doing adult things and without any context there, that sounded pretty bad.
0: Yeah. But don't worry, it
1: was it was taxes. Yeah, it was taxes. Um I didn't get much money. It's okay. Whatever. Life goes on. Yeah. Uh anyway. So yes, I had to I had to do errands. Let's just say that. I ran errands today. My day was full of errands, and therefore we're getting started here with the sun going down on this podcast day. Which is weird for our eh, podcast. There's nothing time. wrong with that. Yes, but I'm used to seeing the sun.
0: Yeah. It makes me happy. But at least when we upload the po- this podcast, the Sabres game will be starting in an hour. Cool. Speaking of things that don't make you happy.
1: <laughs> I just talked about the sun. There's no more sun for the day. Oh, and on top of that, now we get to see the Sabres against Chicago. Great. Thanks, Frank. You're just a <laughs> bundle of joy ass all right anyway well i mean i guess we might as well start there right you just said it yeah i was trying to talk less hockey for this podcast but no we have to start with it because you decided i mean we don't have to sabers beanie and your sabers hoodie on and you mentioning the sabers game right away that i guess we gotta do this
0: Let's just rip it. Mean, do band you want to talk about do you want to talk about the combine first? Do
1: you want to talk some Bills I, first? I want to talk about things that don't piss me off the minute that I talk about them, like how Vladimir Saboka is going in the lineup for Johan Larson instead of for Zemgis Girgensons, who is the only player that I trust less to put a puck in the net than Vladimir Saboka is Zemgis Girgensons? At least Phil Housley didn't take Casey Nelson out of the lineup. Yeah. That's a Freaking fantastic move. He's so concerned about lefties and righties, and maybe he actually just saw with his own two eyes, Casey Nelson's better than Matt Hunwick. I should put Casey Nelson in tonight with Zach Bogosian coming back. Could you imagine Nelson playing as well as he did against the Oilers, and then he sits and then he for sits Bogosian just because the team lost? Yeah. The eye roll would have been so hard.
0: Everyone would have gotten a headache. So, so that's okay. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Um,
1: yeah, we'll talk about
0: it. <laughs> so I I was thinking about Housley and his the way he's coaching, the way he puts a lineup together, and everything. The last couple days. And did yesterday. you want to put your head through a wall? No. Here's the so because I came why up. Why not? Because I came up with this question. I came. Up, I came up with, with with a lot. Of que- I was coming up with questions. How much experience attributes to coaching success, and what attributes to coaching success? And this doesn't have to just be in hockey. This could be in sports in general. And Honestly, once again, I still ask. I still will ask the same question too. If there's another coach behind the bench, how differently are they running the team? That's and honestly, we don't know. We and don't know the greatest. So thing you about can't all assume this. it, but you can't assume it will be better. Yes, but you can't assume that it will be the same either. No, I would. just I would expect a little change, a little bit difference, but overall, I don't think. But overall, I don't think the results would be would be ex- extremely better. Like you could put like I would I'll I will go on the record and say you could put Joel Quenville behind the bench from the beginning of this season and the Sabers are probably still close to where they are right now. I uh, hmm. I mean I think they're I think they would be better but not by much. Like the Sabers have 68 points right now. They're Let me double check this. They're 68 points and they're 11 points behind wild card 2. If let's say if Joe Quinville is behind the bench at any point this year, they're probably close closer to where they're probably leapfrog Philly right now.
1: That's great. Then you'd be in.
0: Then you would, but then you're you're still like five points back. Be, that's that's realistic, at least. I don't think this is as far as realistic as as well. That's the thing. Eleven
1: points means you're not out. You're not in this anymore. It depends, on especially him. since. And I'll bring up Monday's stat here. You haven't won back to back games since I December thirteenth, a feat that Ottawa and Detroit have done three
0: times each. I know. That's why I say I think they would st- they think they would be better, but it wouldn't be by much. Six points is not a lot. Six points is just one good week. Yeah.
1: And can the Sabres have one of those? No. Because they can't have a good
0: two games. I mean they can have two good games. No, they it's just cannot. they win they win one of them. And they then do not. Cup, things go wrong in they the other game. They do
1: not. They do not have a good two games. Hell, they don't have a good one game. I'm thinking to myself, three one against Edmonton, good first period. I think they got they got this. They've got this. There's no way that they're gonna go ahead and mess this up. One period later. They actually messed this up. How are they losing? Like they didn't even need the third period to choke it. They did everything hell and high water to make sure it could get tied. And it just didn't happen. And you know what? I guess you deserved it. Because you can't go on that kind of a collapse.
0: This team. I still thought they played well against Toronto's last Saturday. That's great. They still lost five to two because of two unlucky goals. I'm not disagreeing with you. I really do. And actually, I really do think that's Toronto I actu- got lucky in that game. And I, but then at, but then you take but then you also would take away the empty netter as a result. So it's really a two two game. Great. You still didn't score as many as them.
1: I always I get the frustration. I get I get it. There's nothing that we can do about it this year because no. there is nothing outside. Like the second line is finally kind of showing up. Yeah, the secondary scoring is kind of getting there now. Sometimes you're getting there, Sherry potting points up there. There isn't. stat is doing things for you again. It you're getting production, but it's not all there. No, it's not. And even by a period-by-period period basis, and it's not all
0: there. And this is something that we knew, that we knew at the beginning of the year. We knew this. We, knew, we said. We were talking about the beginning of the year. This is a team that's going to be fighting just for a wild card spot from day one. Well, that fight's done. I'm calling it.
1: Well, I you say, can call it. I but, said once you start getting to the point where you're flirting with the Rangers in points, it's over. New York is four points back of Buffalo. Yep. I'm, I'm calling it. We're done. I'm not talking about playoffs the rest of the year because it's just not feasible. It doesn't make sense to anymore. This season is now about how much better can Casey Middlestat look? What can you do with Rasmus Dalin getting better minutes? Is Brandon Montour going to get paired with Dahlin? I'd like to see it. Yep. Yeah. But Casey Nelson's played so well with Darlene that it's okay if Montour's not there. Yeah. But at the same time, you do want to see if Montour can handle top pairing minutes after you paid a first and a prospect for him. I think so. And you've got 15 games to try things out. Here's the disappointing part. Just like the rest of this season, we're not going to find out. we're not going to
0: find out any of this because Phil Housley won't experiment with it and i don't think other coaches would too if they were in the same spot because they're still because mathematically they're still in it it doesn't matter if they're 11 points what out what about the last 7 games when they finally are mathematically eliminated then then you would talk it then you would talk that
1: i still don't believe that it'll happen I still don't think know. that they'll still put a young guy in the press box instead because reasons.
0: And then, and if that does, and if but that, hey, that happen. But hey, Zenzi's Jurgensen
1: gets to continue to skate with his less than Vladimir Saboka amounts of goals. I don't know. And you still get to see the same old thing for the rest of the season, playing out the string. I will say this. And they still somehow won't end up winning two games in a row. I really pissed off a spring with that. Yeah,
0: you and did. And my hand hurts. <laughs> I will say this. Even when the Sabres are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs I and mean, officially eliminated and everything, I still don't expect them to make any call ups. No, because Rochester's Rochester's doing in well in the thick of things. Yeah. And you want them to succeed. Hell, they might win their division. Please. That'd be great.
1: But, but you'd like to see some NHL games, yeah.
0: But I'll still go on the record and say I don't think another coach would do things so much different than what Housley's doing now, because I don't think the team's just good enough. I never we that that winning streak gave the city hope and promise that that things were different here with hope. this team
1: hope is the enemy never love
0: anything but as what happens with teams who play above their means they're going to play below their means too and apparent and what it's really showing is that 10 game winning streak was played way above their means. Even if they weren't playing the best hockey, they were still winning games way above the means. And now what we've seen the last three months is way below their means. Things that are happening in the 10-game winning streak, they're not getting now. Like a save? Like goaltending. Yeah, goaltending has not been great. It was great. It was, a, but it was almost elite. They were getting elite goaltending from two goalies during their winning streak. At one point, Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton were both in the 920s in save percentage. In a year where save percentage has been down as a whole. Yeah. And now Hutton's at 910 and Olmark's at 909. And they're getting like an 88% at even strength. Yeah. Which is dreadful. But still overall, Hutton and Olmark have been close to the average. I want to say the league average for save percentage is around 9-11, 9-12. Somewhere around there. So they're, overall, they're there. But yeah, they have not, but yeah, the trend has not been Right. Trend has been; they've been trending down. Yeah, it just. But it's I don't anger, think. But that's the thing; I don't think any amount of coaching fixes it. This is a. This isn't a problem where the coach is holding the team back. This isn't Philadelphia. This isn't Anaheim where the coach is the problem. This is a problem. This is there's multiple factors that have to get looked at. they have to get one of those factors though. And that's the question, and that is the ultimate question. I have an answer because that. if but, but because if coaching is holding this team is part of the reason why this team is not is where they are right now. Then you then as we said on the last podcast, Batra's going to have a long talk with Housley about it and and see if they are still going in the same direction. I truly think if they don't win two games in a row
1: at any point for the rest of the season. I'm not going to predict any odds on Housley staying or going. That's fair. That's fair to think. That's completely fair. As a matter of fact, I can't – there's, what, 15 games left? Yes. I can't trust them to win five of them right now. And there's Detroit and Ottawa twice each.
0: Yeah. It's under. That's understandable. It really is. And if that happens –
1: there's a there's got to be halfway decent odds that Housley's not here next
0: year. And, if that, it would own, to and that, be that would and that bad. O- and that would only happen if Batro and, and Batro has talks to Housley and and thinks, yeah, he's not we're not in the same dire- I, we're not seeing eye to eye anymore. If they and like I said, if Batro truly thinks that, he's going to fire Housley. He's going to let him go. But if they still see eye to eye and you trust what Batro and you like what Batro has been doing at G, as GM, you like what he's done the last couple of years in the draft. You're fine with the moves he's made, with the trades he's made. You know, you love the Skinner trade, you question the O'Reilly trade, but questionable trades happen all the time. You like the you like the trade from Montor. You wish that you wish they, they would have gotten a guaranteed first out of Kane. But you ended up getting lucky with that, and that that happens. You like you you like the Sherry trade because they didn't give up a lot to get a bonus, a top nine player. If you trust your GM and he trusts the coach, do you are you going to trust the coach as well?
1: I will say this: if Halsey's back next year, there better be some changes to the staff. I would like to see. Your power play is infuriating. Your defense is suddenly all sorts of whack. Your goaltending is mediocre at best for most of this. Oh, and you saw your former starting goaltender become a Vezina candidate with another team. Maybe goaltending coach Andrew Allen has some questions that has to be answered too. Because I don't think Because Leonard was a positional mess. And now I'm, in New York, he is I steady. Think
0: that I think that is. You I think clear, that's different. You
1: can clear your head from substances and all this. Uh, also and, and remember, mental issues. also Let's also remember too. You look, can
0: clear. The, you can clear your
1: head from those things, and you can clear your body from any sort of like, you know, alcohol abuse or anything like that. But at some point, coaching is going to play more factors into it than and I, and, that, anything and, that, and, that else. and that part and, and that
0: part attributes to Leonard because. He's in a he's in a really good coaching system in with Barry Trotz and Mitch Korn is his goalie coach. Mitch Goal- Korn is probably the best goaltending coach in the world.
1: I get that, but you need to at least have better goaltending coaching going on here because what are we seeing with these two guys? But why right now? is it
0: all? But we did we? How long has Andre Allen been here? He's been over here for a while. He's because wasn't he here with uh, Miller? I don't think so. I don't. When did Andre Allen come? in? Get here, that's I want to because I remember like you know really liking him as a goalie coach. What he's been what he's been doing, and then Leonard Leonard leaves, and then he goes to the Islanders, and all of a sudden, yeah, he's he's looking like a he's playing like a Vezda Canada goalie when he cleared he cleared his head. He he's in a he's in a system that does not allow a lot of high danger shots in Barry Trots. And what, in his defensive in his defensive schemes, a lot of the saves that Leonard makes are like perimeter shots, just shots on the outside. So you can argue that that save percentage is a little skewed because of it. And also, I'm not ready to say that let like letting go of Leonard or anything like that. Definitely is, was not with Miller. Definitely was not when he come in. He came in. I
1: think it was without Miller because July 2015. Oh, yeah, that was a tankier, man. That
0: was right after was, the that tank. That was right after the tankier. So he came Archers in. He, was the guy he replaced. That's right. That's right. Allen came in right after the tank, right after the Allen came got in with a, Biles Mustaf. Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes sense.
1: But I'm going to guess you wanted to keep your goaltending coach around because you kept the same goaltender yeah. in Leonard. Yes. And then. After that, I then mean, things got significantly worse with Leonard in year three. Yeah. And
0: Chad Johnson kind of just regressed. Obviously, there was a, obviously, there's, I think, there's a lot of other things. Plus, the thing with Leonard, too, Leonard, too, is, and it, actually, it's with the Islanders in general, are they going to be like this next year? And we don't know that. We don't know that with Leonard. We don't know that with the Islanders in general. Plus, Leonard's a free agent after this year too. He might want. He might see this year and, and think, I, "I if I keep." He one might of a,
1: see this year and go, "I don't know if I'm not going to get a better system than this." But he also, but he's also going to look at it and th- look at it and think, "I want to get paid." And the Islanders don't have a John Tavares that they're paying, so there's cap there
0: we'll see if they, there's see money they, to be had yeah so we'll see what so those are facts so those are factors that got to be taken in as well and we don't know if the same how many how much of the same Anders team is going to be there next year too because they're, they might because Anders Lee and Brock Nelson are both free agents as well and I want to say Eberle's either free agent this year or next year and then and then soon they got to pay Matt Barzell that's going to be and that's going to be a lot of money money too I think they'll have so, money for Robin Leonard I think I think so I think so. All but right. but so that's why I came up with this with this big with this question of, what attributes to coaching success? And I think one of those answers is experience. And how much experience do you need to be successful? Like experience even as an assistant? It's just ex- coaching experience. And it doesn't have to be in the professional level just coaching experience. So a lot of coaches start out by coaching in high school, in junior hockey, in college. And then they get. sometimes they get hired to work in the AHL and they become assistants there and then head coaches in the AHL. And then they come up and be head coaches in the NHL or they come up and be assistants and then eventually head coaches. A guy like Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz was went went through the ranks he was in june he coached in juniors he was he was a head coach in the ahl in washington's organization and then when nashville was established and they needed a they needed a, their gm they hired david poyle who was with washington for a long time and he brought barry trotz to be the first head coach of the team and barry trotz has been an nhl head coach ever since a guy like mike babcock he went through the ranks as well. He was a he went through the ranks in juniors and all that. Was a head coach in the AHL before he got his first gig with the Ducks back in the early two thousands. I get where you're coming from on this, but here's so here's the thing. I wanted I what I the research I did was coaches who have success. A lot of like I looked at almost all the coaches in the league into where did they come from. What I found was a lot of coaches do and are coaches have coached in the AHL at one point. Mike Babcock I just mentioned, Barry Trotz, Mike Sullivan, obviously Dan Bylsma was as well. Um, it's a it's a lot. Paul Maurice, Peter Laviolette. Um, but there's there's coaches too who have never coached in the AHL. Phil Housley's one of them. Phil Housley has has been a has been a coach since 2004. He's been a coach for 15 years. Nine of them was in was coaching high school in Minnesota. And then he became an assistant. He went right to the NHL, became an assistant in Nashville for four years before he got the Sabres head coaching gig. Uh, who was a Jim Montgomery in Dallas, was a coach in college. And he was a head coach at Den- of the Denver Pioneers who, you know, I think they're the they, – they won the uh, – Frozen four a couple years ago, and they were they were one of the best one of the best college hockey programs. And then he and then he went right from as a head coach in college to a head coach in the NHL. Uh David Quinn, he's the head coach of the Rangers. Same thing. Um actually, no, actually, I think I'm no, I'm wrong with I'm wrong with Quinn. But there are two others, two Hall of Fame coaches, aren't in the Hall of Fame yet, but they will be Ken Hitchcock and Joel Quinville. We all talk about Quinville. He's a guy who has really gone, he really has gone a similar path to Housley. Never coached in the AHL, did the little thing, little stuff like in juniors and everything. And then he went right to the NHL as assistant. He was the, he was an assistant when Colorado won the cup in 96 and then became the head coach of the Blues. And then he went back to Colorado and then eventually joined the Blackhawks as a scout and then as their head coach. And the rest is history with him. So, my biggest thing with we talk about what Housley's doing and everything. I think the answer for I think the answer for Housley is just it's very simple. And I was talking about it. He needs more experience as a coach. That's it. I think that's that might just be it. It And you gain it, and you but it sounds troubling though. It does, but when you see how he got a guy how that... he rose, but when you see how he rose up, you it it becomes an outlier. He's only been an NHL coach since 2013, and yes, that's six years. Four of them were an assistant. He's now in his second year as a head coach, and before that, it was nine years in in high school. It it sounds very troubling. It at does because now like, what
1: you're telling me now. And what I'm taking from it is you think he's over his head.
0: And that's certainly what because it, that, he's
1: not experienced.
0: And that's something that we've kind of been alluding to is that the job is getting to is getting over his head. And you know what happens to guys like that? They, they get, get fired. fired. They do. They get fired because they fail. But then they end up getting jobs in other places. So we're going to be the bridesmaid is what you're saying. If you fire Housley now, that's I think eventually that might that might be where it goes down. A guy like Rick Tockett, I think, is another great example. He retired he retired as a player in 2002. He became a head coach in 2000. He became a coach in 2002. Literally right after he retired, he became an assistant in Colorado, and he was an assistant in Colorado for a couple years. He was assistant in. With the Coyotes under Gretz, under when Gretzky was the coach, when Wayne Gretzky was there for a couple years. Then he went to Tampa, where he eventually became the head coach of the Lightning, like when Stamkos was a rookie, right around that time. And then he got fired and then got fired from that. And then a few years later, he comes back as a coach, as an assistant in Pittsburgh, where back to back cops, and now he's a head coach of Arizona. And that's what that's like. A, and I think Rick Tockett's path as a coach is a huge outlier because he went right from a player to a coach in the same league in a matter of like month, like weeks after he retired. But it does feel like it does seem like the job that Housley's in over in over his head with with this job because he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the experience, and that I think is where. We talk about the staff. The staff needs to be better. They need to get, I think, the best thing for Housley and for the Sabres in in tune.
1: Please keep talking while I cough because then it (laughs) points out every time you stop and I cough, it points points out my cough. can't help it. I get that it's courteous. Just keep going. Blanket it. Mask it for (laughs) the love of God.
0: Once again, I can't help it. But (laughs) – I think the yeah, I best can't
1: help coughing
0: I think the best thing to help Housley gain more experience as a coach get him an assistant who's been a head coach who's been a head coach in this league for a long time I was gonna say good thing you added that other part because Davis Payne was a head coach Davis Payne was a head coach head. not that long but he wasn't that long I think a guy who was a head coach for a long time we talk about Joel Quinville. At B, as firehousely hire Quinville how about offer Quinville a job as an assistant dude come on tell you gotta sell be him. real sell it you gotta sell him the job be real you, you listen. you think
1: you can get away with that
0: you know who if gets you sell him? him you know who gets a job as an assisting coach not Joel
1: Quinville. someone like Mike yo and eventually Mike yo became a head coach right after that he did it twice actually yeah I think though that Mike
0: Yo would be better served as a guy that would get that assistant job. I think, but that's why I say sell the idea of it, because there are two things that can happen with that. is way too established to go ahead and accept
1: an assistant job.
0: Tell him if you offer, if you, I'm offer not even
1: it, entertaining this idea. I'm
0: saying is pitch the offer. I'm saying don't even try. Why not? To try to tell me about this. Why not? Because what do you think is going to happen? The worst thing he's the worst thing that happens is he says no.
1: That's the expected thing because you know what that's all. Happen. And yeah, that's the, and the seven you can, head coaches. What if been, he says yes?
0: Then we're the luckiest franchise in the world at that point. But once again, take the chance. You're not losing anything by doing it. I think your idea is crazy. My idea might be, is crazy because there I are think six, it is crazy too. Because there are at minimum six
1: other head coaching vacancies. Other than Quenville, including Quenville. There have been seven head coaches fired this year. Yeah. Seven. I know.
0: Yeah. I will bet you ducks for dollars. And we know he wouldn't go to one of the teams because they, that team yeah. fired him. But there's six. So there's six. And I will bet you ducks for dollars, and I'm censoring myself
1: here on this one, that there's no chance in hell. Ha- You'd get laughed out, he would laugh in your freaking face if you offered that. To okay, him. big deal.
0: Why does that? Why does that matter? Because you need to be taken seriously as a franchise. How does how does that not make your franchise being not taken less less seriously? You're offering a guy a job. You're offering a guy a job when he knows he can
1: get something else because he's established. Okay, he is a good NHL coach.
0: That's why I say sell him. The job. Sell him on. What are you selling him on? That Housley's gonna less get fired after
1: two months after less
0: a sh- crap le, start. Less pressure. Less pressure. All the pressure's on Housley, not him. Oh, that's a, that's c- a healthy coaching office. We all know that there's gonna be pressure on Housley. Yes, and if he gets off to a poor start, you can I would fire Housley to- and 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 name Quinville the interim coach. It's right away. This is something that it's it's a dream scenario, Frank. You're talking I think about, it is. You're but talking it's about hap- a dream, and, I'm, and I'm, 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 st- I'm telling you right now, you need to stop talking about the dream. But it's happened. It's something that has happened. This isn't in Shia the LaBeouf.
1: League. Don't let your dreams be dreams. No, this is a dream, and I need to stop you before you even try to
0: convince anyone it is that it could be scenario. a possibility. It's it is not. A, it is a dream scenario. It's a dream. But. I but you but you mentioned Mike Yo. Mike Yo was fired as coach of the Wild. He comes on as an assistant with Ken Hitchcock in St. Louis because the talk what at the time was Hitchcock's going to leave at some point because he's he's old and he's going to retire. They were, they were doing retirement prep. And I, then it happened. And then he ended up resigning anyway. They were so doing. They, they were doing they ended up hiring. They ended up hiring Hitchcock's replacement as an assistant so that they didn't have to go through the hiring process. I'm feeling insulted even having to have this conversation.
1: For Joel Quenville, I'm feeling insulted. I feel like I need to kick your fridge
0: foot. I wouldn't do that for you.
1: That's how stupid this is. I'm, I'm trying to tell you right now stop. Because it's not something we even need to talk about. It's a dream. You're not well, once hiring again, Joel
0: Quenville as an assistant. I don't think so as kiss well. You the whitest but part of my ass. But all I'm saying is, is just pitch the idea to him. Just give you, him enough. The worst. Why not bother doing something when you don't know. When there is when that outcome of it is more closer to 50-50. It's not. But you don't know that. It's not. You have a better chance of firing Housley now
1: and hiring Quenville as the head coach at, after the season is over <coughs> than you do about hiring Quenville as an assistant. But, at the, all. but what
0: if you but when what if you we go down the Mike Babcock road again, where you fire your coach, you you're going for this guy, and he ends up going somewhere else. And then you're then it's like, what do you do? You don't have a head coach now.
1: You have a head coach, it's just not Joel Quenville. I mean, yeah, we talked about Chris Taylor. I'm telling Taylor. you that you're we asking, talked about Chris Taylor. You are asking a you are asking a genuine Hall of Fame head coach, I'm, to take an assistant coach job. I'm just saying is is you can't be, allow me to go ahead and tell you again
0: how I'm just saying nut-kickingly is, is you,
1: stupid this is.
0: I'm just saying is is what is the worst thing that can happen if you just try. The chances of him taking the uh, head coaching job for another team is much higher. Yes. I it's agree. It's not much higher. It's a guarantee. It's it doesn't have to be though.
1: You know what? I will eat I don't a- think Quenville's I will a- eat a carrot if Quenville takes an assistant coach job anywhere next season. Okay. Shake it, shake. Right now. I'll eat a freaking carrot. Okay. You can kiss the whitest part of my ass. There's no way it's happening. No, that's not your side of the bet, by the way.
0: No, that's not happening. That's
1: gross. Yes. I'm using it as a strong metaphor here. But you could still kiss the whitest part of my ass for even pitching this. I know it's crazy to think. You can go ahead and... I know. know (laughs) Your side of the bet is going to be... You have to go ahead and try to do wheelies on heelys down the sidewalk for 10 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There you go. Okay. And, get, and I now we got to get Heelys. We're going to have to get Heelys then. All right. To eBay we go. I <laughs> yeah. will I will gladly pay for this spectacle. Okay. Just like how you will probably buy the carrot. Yeah. I didn't negotiate it, it down to being a baby carrot. I'm an idiot. No, I didn't. Can it's it going to be, be a regular be, carrot. It could be a baby no. carrot. No. Damn it. No. <laughs> 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 Wait. What am I worried about? Quenville's not going to take an yeah, assistant not, job. You might,
0: why should you be worried? I'm just saying is this, it's the worst thing that happens is he says no. Why is it that bad? Or, or should I have you take a razor scooter to the ankle?
1: I mean, there is nothing worse in this world.
0: Stepping on a Lego. Derek currently ponders. You
1: haven't had your ankle hit by a razor scooter. have yes, you? Yes, I have. I feel like it's worse than stepping on a Lego. I don't know. You feel like your ankle has died. You feel like your soul died when that happens.
0: I mean, I've had like the bike pegs hit me in the ankles too. Mm. That really hurts. That's my point. I'm just my. I'm just saying is you should be very. If you're not, I'm just saying is if you're not gonna fire Housley after this season but you're but you're gonna be thinking about it come next come next season you have to make sure you have a replacement and if you don't think it's chris taylor in the a who's in the ahl from rochester where are you where is that co- coach, coach gonna come from quinville's gonna have a job next fall
1: yeah and it's not why not he
0: as an assistant that's but i i understand and, and it's not, not going to be his as assistant <laughs> but that's why i say it doesn't hurt to at least try it's hurting my ears hearing this <laughs> like i said the worst i we agree the worst thing that happens is he says no right that's the worst, the worst thing, thing. Is, the
1: worst thing is you look like a joke of an organization how how because it's insulting you assume that he just case. goes lol
0: no yeah, that's all. He'll just say no, and you're just like, "All right," and then no one takes your franchise seriously. How? How does no? You're just you're offering. Yes, he's one of the. He's a because great coach. hockey is a boys' club. That's why. Yeah, and yeah. and is it bad you that know it what? is? Yes, it is bad that it is. And you know what? The people who will laugh at you are the dinosaurs of the league. And why should you take them seriously? When I'm the just, league is going... I'm aw- just
1: saying someone has probably immediately closed out our podcast the minute you said Probably. This.
0: And I don't blame them. Speaking of Quenville, by the way. You, I'm just saying is you you got to have ideas. you got to have different things you,
1: you want to do. And I'm saying that you are going to try to go ahead and recreate something from your past... Because we talked about this before the podcast. Yes. Because speaking of Quenville, he was fired by Chicago. Yes. Speaking of the Sabres, they play Chicago tonight. The Sabres haven't won in Chicago since 2007. Yeah. What were you doing back in 2007? I was in eighth grade.
0: And? This was... uh... This is the old. It was old six old seven season, right? The year they won the Presidents Trophy. I think so. Yes. Yeah, I was in eighth grade. Okay. And you mentioned Heelys. Yes, I had Heelys. I had a pair of them. <laughs> I wore them a lot.
1: <laughs> Look at this nerd with his Heelys.
0: <laughs> I saw the commercial for them when they first came <laughs> out, and I was like, "I need them."
1: <laughs> you stupid. Everybody has you
0: stupid kid. <laughs> yes, I was a stupid kid. Because they they are one of the reasons why I lost one of my two te- one of my teeth,
1: and validated on
0: the stupid kid remark. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing in two thousand seven? Your mom. <laughs> <Come> on, <man. laughs>
1: okay okay get over here Mr. Joel Quenville the assistant coach
0: you know the only reason you said that is because You used that got me off the air yes I know <laughs> that's why I thought it would be a
1: great idea I know no it was great I was I was suffering a uh, I was suffering torn cartilage in my knee on my right knee in mm. 2007 and being in crutches. Playing, uh, playing football at ECC. Yeah, playing college ball at ECC. And I didn't know what to do with my life. Yeah, because football was effectively over. Mm-hmm. I was no longer an athlete in college, and I didn't know what to do.
0: Well, define athlete for you.
1: I played college ball. <laughs> That's being an athlete. Even a kicker in college ball is an athlete. <laughs> you
0: no, know, I'm you know where I'm going at with
1: that. That I'm not good at hockey? I know. You're not an athlete. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That ended when I was 19. In 2007, when I busted my knee up. And I didn't know what to do with my life. I had no direction. I actually skipped college the next year. um, Because in addition to then busting up my knee, I then broke my hand the subsequent summer. So I was dealing with medical issues, so I didn't go back to college for a while. Yeah, whole but you year.
0: did that on, didn't you do that on your own because like yes. you were mad about about yes. football? Yes.
1: I, no, I was mad about something else. Yeah. Um But again, yeah, that was me. I was deal I was in crutches the last time the Sabres beat and Chicago was, in Chicago. I was riding around on Heelys. And you were losing a tooth riding around on Heelys. Which one's dumber? Which one hurt more and which one's dumber? Those are different questions with different yeah. answers.
0: Yes. Yes. All right. Oh, I look back at that now and I think, why did I buy Heelys? Why did I want them? Because you they saw the commercial. <laughs> yeah, I saw you them. You are like, I got to have these. Yeah, apparently. Everyone has that one thing, like when they were kids, and it's like you see the commercial and you're like, I want it. You don't even care what it is. You want it. Me, when I was 12, it was Heelys. Dumbass. I mean, what stupid things that you
1: get? I don't even I don't even know or want to talk about it. You sure? We're talking. You gotta mention something. I don't know because I have so many stupid impulsive decisions in my life. I cannot keep track. Now and I have concussion history. I definitely do not remember these things. I do not remember a lot of me being twelve and thirteen years old. I do not. I'll be entirely real with you. And that's an answer that we'll have another day. Sure. When it comes up in my nightmares. Yeah. Being an idiotic kid. Yeah. Or just ask your parents. I could do that. But I don't know if my father will remember these things, as he has concussion issues and history. Don't get concussions, kids. Yeah, they suck. Don't ride around on Heelys. Yeah. Yeah. You probably got head trauma from that that you don't necessarily know is a concussion or not.
0: Could be from other things, too. You
1: fell on your face and broke a tooth. There's head trauma there.
0: Yeah. Broke two. When I fell on my face. Nice. Yeah. Then I hit my face (laughs) against the car. I think the dumbest concussion. With the Heelys
1: on. The dumbest concussion I ever had was.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You hit a car. You I hit your mom's car. Was riding around my heelys, was trying to stop in front of my mom's car so I can open the door and go in and didn't You stop. were trying to look smooth? Yes.
1: The only one that I can guarantee you is worse is that I was on a I was on a boat and I tried doing the worm. <laughs> Two problems. One, I can't do the worm. <laughs> Two, you're on a boat. Two, the boat hit a wave, and it didn't matter because three, I can't do the worm. <laughs> and I may or may not have just face planted on this on the deck of this boat. <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately asked, I turned to my friend and I asked, and I'm like, "How are my eyes looking? Like pretty, pretty big." I'm like, oh great,
0: I've got a concussion. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun night. Oh my god. I mean, concussions suck, but
1: that's hilarious. Yes. And you d- and the difference here is I was not a kid for that one. You want to know why? You were 17. The year was
0: 2007. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time Sabres beat Chicago <laughs> in Chicago, you were busy. On a boat. Attempting to do the worm. Attempting to do the worm. In North and Carolina. Getting a, and, in North Carolina and getting a concussion instead. Yes. Okay. And I was attempted to be smooth riding Heelys and ended up face-biting into my mom's car. <laughs> <laughs> and losing a tooth. Welcome to the Leftovers Podcast. Yes. <laughs> You've made This
1: it. is completely on brand. It is. All right. Let's end it with some football talk. Yeah. Okay. We went more on the Sabres than I thought we would because somebody decided to say something about Joel Quenville being the assistant, and now we made a bet.
0: All right. And I was, and all that was just coming in based on Housley needing more experience the as a The Bills coach. are after a pair of high-profile offensive linemen, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it, too. Matt
1: Paradis, the center from Denver, and Daryl Williams, the offensive tackle from Carolina. Several reports are coming out that the Bills are interested in both of those guys. Benjamin yeah. Albright reporting on Paradis, and... Jason Locke on Fora uh, on Daryl Williams.
0: What's making it more interesting, too, is now uh, Pouncey with Pittsburgh just re-signed, and he's getting $11 million a year. That might set the market for centers. Yes. Because
1: Marquise Pouncey has been one of the best, most consistent centers throughout his career. Yes. So $11 million per year for Matt Paradis in free agency. Would you take it
0: with the Bills cap situation? I would do it. You need a center. You need a you need a reliable guy to work with your quarterback. The most important thing about this offseason for the Bills and it, the way it sounded like it's that's it's where they're going is protecting Josh Allen. As big as a quarterback and he is and has and, and how well he can move, you don't want to risk it him getting injured because of another or injured again.
1: Because, because he's constantly
0: hit. running for his life. Exactly. You don't want that.
1: Well, he got injured in the pocket. Let's be real about something. Let's okay, state, but, let's still, state, but still. Let's state you, the facts you, as facts. You still facts.
0: need to protect him.
1: Yeah, let's state the facts as facts, though. Yes. Like, he was injured in the pocket, and that is
0: something that you have to go ahead and remember and establish. But the, percent, but the <coughs> likelihood of him getting injured in the pocket versus him getting injured when he's running, he's more likely to get injured when he's running. Yes. So... The most important thing for the Bills this this offseason is to protect Josh Allen and get guys who can help protect him. And two on the of line. your
1: worst positions were at the right side on tackle. You wanted yes. you've wanted to replace Jordan Mills for a while now. Yeah, and finally you get a chance to. And the interior of our offensive line last year was just garbage. Mm-hmm. And some of that could be could be fixed with a strong presence at center. Yes. I would I think I'd prefer to get Paradis over Williams. I think, if I had to have I think one, so too. If I had to have one, I'm picking the
0: center. I think so too. I think you're absolutely right. Because I remember it's when the Alex, most important position on the offensive line. I
1: remember when Alex Mack was traded from Cleveland to Atlanta. hmm It was kind of like a sign in trade kind of thing. It was a restricted free agent of sorts. Cleveland yeah. didn't want to match the deal and they decided and they managed to move him so that they got something for him. Matt Ryan publicly stated that one of the biggest things that helped the offense turn it to another level was the arrival of Alex Mack. Russell Wilson has seen his offensive line improve at least a little bit when Mm -hmm. center Max Unger was traded for Jimmy Graham. No, wait, that's the other way around. The Saints' offensive line stabilized when Max Unger went to Seattle in exchange for Jimmy Graham. And Russell Wilson's running for his damn life because he mm-hmm. doesn't have a Because center. he doesn't have an offensive line. Travis Frederick gets drafted by the Cowboys. We all laugh at it. And next thing you know, the Cowboys come up with one of the better offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. And without him last year, that line was not as good. And even
0: the Bills saw stable Eric offensive Wood. line because of Eric Wood. For years. Yeah. They weren't terrible on the offensive line because Eric Wood was there. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they yeah, had some obviously bad you players are, on the offensive line and they looked better when Eric Wood was there. Exactly. That's why this if the center position is the most important position He's on establishing the offensive your line protections. Yes. He so is, you want a guy who's got you want to get a guy who's got experience and who's I will not say the
1: center's the most important position, but it's definitely top 2 because your left tackle's got to be able to stop pass rushers.
0: I think yeah, I agree. I agree, but you know what? I think they the also centers probably the more-
1: get financially compensated more for that reason for their sheer sure, ath- sure, sure. sure athleticism.
0: But you know what? But I think I think that might attribute to centers are just that much underappreciated because they're the ones that get the ball to the quarterback every play. They're the ones aren't the center and aren't, the centers are usually the leaders of the offensive line too because they're up. They're up front. They're the ones establishing the protection. Is, they are the exactly. ones establishing calls. So I think identifying the mic with the quarterback, exactly. working out those sorts of things. You're right there, exactly with that. So I think the center is more important. It's, it's in mentally that, tougher as a center, exactly than it so is as this, a left tackle. Exactly. So in this case, you need you gotta get a center for your now second year starter, starting quarterback. You're, protect, you're pretty much a franchise guy. Get a guy who's got experience, who's been around and he's going to want to get paid pay him because you need a guy like that you can they can still draft a guy if they want to but you need a you need to get somebody who's established if you want to help your help your young quarterback out and you you talked about the left tackle being very important as well Dan Dawkins is there and if he, he and as long as he and i think and a guy if they sign Daryl Williams, which one goes to the right side? I would say
1: I would nominate Williams before Dawkins. Williams on the left side or Williams on the right? On the right. Okay. I would, I'd be I would, fine with that. I would that. keep Dawkins on the left side because I'd be fine with that. I, I figured something out a little bit with uh, offensive linemen. Sometimes you have to draft that right tackle only because he's played right tackle and he's used to that movement. Yeah. You try to shift a guy to the other side, next thing you know, you get a Cyrus Kwanjo. Kwanjo worked a lot on the left side at Alabama. They tried to throw mm-hmm. him at right tackle, and he was a mess. He was a disaster. He became at least backup capable on the left side for the Bills in his career. And your final and my final question is this, though. If the Bills get Paradis and they get Daryl Williams, what do you think they should go at at nine? Because it's not going to be an offensive
0: lineman. I think you go tight end. Really? Yes. You'd go Noah Fon. Yes, as long as he's – as assuming he's there. I would actually say
1: something that a lot of people are going to hate.
0: I'd get one of these – off. I mean, I'd get one of these defensive linemen. You know what? I'm not against that if as long as he's best player available. That's probably what it's going to be. And, assuming – yeah. I, I'm kind of – You're either I'm getting with, an edge rusher or a defensive
1: tackle to be the best player available
0: at nine. Yeah, but I –
1: but you know what? Because someone's going to break my heart and take DK Metcalf. Probably. Probably. I think so. Is there such a thing as too jacked for a wide receiver?
0: You know... Are his muscles going to stop him from trying to catch the football? You know what? I think that's a that's, I think that's be, that's We're a lot worry. We're about to find out. We're about to find out. We're but about I think, to find out. I think that's a big worry for a lot of teams. That's a, that's a dumb worry, I think. Well, you know what? Kind of th- like Kyler Murray with the uh, oh, fake yeah. height story. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think the big, the big thing with uh, DK Metcalf and... Sal and uh, bulldog were talking about it earlier earlier on their show today. I think the, a lot of the worry with uh, Metcalf is he, he might be another David Boston where he's got all this hype, he does great at the combine, but now he's now as you said, he might be but he does he does all this workout stuff all this bodybuilding and now he's too jacked to be a receiver because now he doesn't cut as as much he, or he doesn't do it as quickly. Because he's got too much. I feel muscle. like
1: someone like like Metcalf though, and like his training staff. I think it would depend on who would he figure went to. out what to do because they've seen the failures of David Boston, and
0: therefore as find ways to look show, out of As long as they're as
1: long as they're guided in that direction, yes. And I think that in DK Metcalf's best interest, they're going to work toward his best interests. Yes, they're going
0: to work towards. I think we're can you agreeance. be a better receiver?
1: I think we're in agreement on this though. I think it's if ridiculous they, of
0: a notion that someone could be too jacked for a position. Sure. I think we're in agreement on this. Though the Bills get both of those offensive, both of the offensive linemen, and they're not going that at nine. When they come up at nine, just get best player available. If that's a defensive lineman or an edge rusher, okay. If that's DK Metcalf, great. If that's Noah Font, great. Just get the best player. Yep. And then you got your other draft picks that you can use to get guys as well because the receiving class is is not is not that bad, and the tight end class is really good too. Both of them are considered deep. Yeah. So you can get guys. With one major player in the top 10, one being Metcalf and the other being Font. Yep. So They're just, those are the two. Those are the two number ones out of the entire class. But second, third round, even fourth round, you want know to get, you need a guy because you didn't get one in the top. You didn't get the top guy. Get one there. You're in luck because you're going to get something there.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Leftovers podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curry. And we yelled at each other a lot in this episode. Yeah, we did. I really just yelled at you. I'm, I'm not nice. I mean, it happens more often than not. Not really. We don't disagree that often. Not to this extent.
0: And I also made I you walk I think it's because out.
1: the Sabres are just pissing us off so much. Yeah. And I also made you walk out of the room. Yeah. But that wasn't from being mad or arguing about it. That was
0: things. just you telling a stupid joke.
1: That was me telling a stupid joke that you started. Yeah, that I, I said before the show. So a nice job. Yep. Thank you for handing me that ammunition. You're welcome. Thank you for listening, if you're still listening. Appreciate it. And we'll be back on Monday. Sabres will have played a couple of games, including this one against Chicago tonight. And... Hey, UB, the conference tournaments for both the men and women. I wonder what will happen with those. UB plays its final regular season game on Friday.
0: We'll see where they will be ranked heading into the tournament, into their conference tournament, in terms of like top 25. Exactly.
1: So we'll talk about UB a little bit on Monday as well. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and well, maybe the Sabres can actually do something that they haven't done in 12 years.